Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of The Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's dirty news from Smallville to Jakku and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, Mike, anyone who's watching us or seeing it in their podcast feed of choice will see that uh, a new logo and design for the podcast is up. Yeah, look at that. And who do we have to thank for that? We have to thank our good friend Steve Irwin, who I'm pretty sure is not listening to the podcast, but a phenomenal graphic designer who uh, helped out a little on the rebranding. And uh, here we are. Well, Steve, uh, not you, Steve, but Steve Irwin, thanks for the uh, new designs. But no thank you for not listening to this show. You should be listening and uh, hearing us thank you. It's only courteous to hear somebody when they're thanking you. Did you just spill liquid all over your chin? Maybe. Okay. That's what the beard's for, man. (laughs) Just the catch-all. Eagle-eye viewers scroll back on this YouTube video and watch Steve just pour liquid all over his chin. Yep. Water Um, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you and I were talking before we started how it feels like it's been a very long time since we've done this show when it's really only been eight days. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because last time we did it, we did it on a Saturday night. We did it in a hotel room in Saratoga, New York. Yes, we did. And since then, there was a whole Thanksgiving Day holiday and extended uh, break from day jobs and whatnot that throws time into all crazy kinds of corners. So all those things combined make it seem like it's really been a long time since we've been uh, at these microphones looking at each other and talking to each other on the screen. But it hasn't really been that long. But it just it feels good to be uh, back in this routine, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's some comfortability to it. It's it's not yeah. a not a bad thing. The the chaos of last weekend, as awesome as it was, was definitely chaos. So yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, a little bit more structure to this week's episode. Um, we are talking about some new, exciting, and pretty big uh, DC um, Superman casting stuff, and we got a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about, which I'm very excited. I feel like um, lot, we've had a lot, lot of, of Marvel Wars. stuff for the last few weeks. It's been very Marvel heavy, um, for good or for bad. Yep. And uh, this week we got a bunch of Star Wars, and like I said, some big DC stuff. So. Uh, plus comics and comics reviews, all that kind of stuff. This show is sponsored by Funky Town Comics in Camillus, New York. It's had a huge sale this weekend. Um, did you check out the uh, Thanksgiving long weekend holiday sale? I they did. They were Town doing or? a ridiculous uh, 50% off of box books. Uh, yeah. So if you thumb through any of the long boxes, uh, it was 50 off anything that was in there. Uh, I did snag a... Uh, wonderful Star Wars Legacy 25, uh, which Ooh. is one of the iconic covers from that series. Uh, the old Dark Horse series, which uh, had, um, I believe the cover's got Obi-Wan on it, just uh, looking pure Obi-Wan. So. Oh, nice. Awesome. I was there today, uh, and I got, uh, all graphic novels were 50% off. Oh. And uh, I got a Wonder Woman Historia hardcover nice um which is a book i have not read but i've heard nothing but incredible incredible things about um so looking forward to diving into that uh but yeah great uh always good uh finds at funky town so check them out people um a couple other things what uh since since we're talking funky town uh made me think uh i would also like to mention uh the uh Syracuse Collectors Con that is going to be yes, March sure. uh, 16th and 17th, 2024. Uh, yep. We're uh, going to be sponsors of that uh, and have a table at the show. Um, so if you're, uh, we'll keep mentioning it as we get closer to it. But uh, if you're in the Syracuse area or in the greater upstate New York area, it seems like it's, uh, it's shaping up to be a decent one. So uh, I'd say yeah. uh, come on out and check it out and we'll be there and broadcasting live from the show. Yeah, I will have a table um, for selling and signing uh, comics like I did at uh, Saratoga last week. And I'll have a table next to him. (laughs) We will have a table uh, to do the multiverse report, and I'm not sure how it's going to work. We may have to recruit some people. Selling books and talking on a podcast at the same time. We may have to have a 
special guest co-host or a special yeah. appearance or a special guest uh, comic book seller. Right. If you're, if you're listening place. to this and want to volunteer to help us out, uh, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Uh, although we do have a couple people in mind, <laughs> I should say. Um, I'm assuming most of the people that will reach out are some of the people we have in mind. Probably the same people. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Venn diagram um, definitely overlaps there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, sure, definitely uh, check out for that. You'll definitely be hearing us talk more about that as we get closer to it. Uh, I want to say personal note, personal uh, bit of um, business and uh, plug that I want to do. Uh, I don't really talk about uh, the fact that I am a uh, musician and songwriter uh, as well as being a huge nerd. Uh, don't talk about that much on this show, but I am. It's very true. I have been in one band in the Syracuse area called The Action uh, now for uh, 25 years. It's my literal high school band that just never broke up, just yep. kept playing miraculously. Um, and uh, we are playing a 25th anniversary show this coming Friday at Funkin' Waffles in downtown Syracuse, New York. Um, we're going to be uh, doing our own kind of Taylor Swift eras tour, just with like different albums and uh, phases of our band over the last 25 years. Um, doors are at seven. It's $10 to get in. Um, breaking this news right here, we will have new merchandise, uh, new shirts, and new stickers available at the show. Ooh. And uh, opening band starts at eight. We'll start around nine and play till around 11. That's right. We're playing for two hours nonstop, most likely, and uh, some special guests from past years of the band, things like that, former members coming back so uh check us out if you uh care about me at all or are interested in um you know songs and fun music yeah come see me so it's a good show please. and i'll be missing yeah. it uh, steve won't be there because he doesn't because <laughs> he doesn't care about me nope not at all uh, <laughs> and he doesn't like fun times and good music or whatever i just said he doesn't like those things see i enjoy all of those things uh however yeah. Uh, I'll be down in Philly at PAX Unplugged. Uh, this was scheduled prior to the scheduling of said show. Of course. And yeah. tickets were bought, ergo, I will not be present, but go check it out. That will be an awesome show every time they play. It's a grand old time. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Did you like the lyrics um, plug in there? I did, yeah. <laughs> I did. Although it's good old times. Oh, whatever. Lyric, but I get what you mean. I get it. You know where I was going. Um, wouldn't it be funny if um, off uh, off pod we like really hated each other and we only just did this because we were good we just knew we were good at it <laughs> yeah like little did they realize we were ready to shoot each other in the uh saratoga yeah, hotel room right before unbearable. we recorded that yeah, yeah. it's horrible <laughs> unbearable <laughs> we're really good at faking this yes um last definitely not least possibly the most exciting um piece of news that i i have to uh share to break with uh, listeners and watchers of the Multiverse Report is that later this week, we have an interview with a honest-to-God comic book creator and writer named Simon Burks. Uh, Simon Burks is a uh, writer of comics, novels, graphic novels, and films. Uh, he has a current series that's coming out from Top Cow and Image called Antarctica, which mm -hmm. is very good. Steve and I are both reading that currently. We're talking to him. We're recording an interview with him later this week. We're not sure when it's going to come out. Um, because yeah, whether it'll be live, whether it'll be recorded, what we're going to do. Yeah. Logistics are still being worked out, but sometime yeah. this week, uh, you will see that in your feeds. We will figure it out. I would say check late in the week. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about We haven't ironed out all the details, as you can tell, uh, by the way, we're talking about it. But uh, regardless, we will be talking to Simon Burks uh, this week. Um, and seeing what's going on with him, what books he's got coming out, what the future of Antarctica holds, um, all that kind of good stuff. So check that out. Uh, it's only the second time we've ever had a full-on interview. We interviewed uh, Elise Russell about her uh, Dark Side of Purity book when that was going to yep. Kickstarter, but that was a long while ago, ago that we did. That. that was like a year ago, probably. Um, so here we are with an honest God uh, comic creator. Very excited to talk to him, and um, hopefully. Mike, I talk to an honest to God comic creator every week on this podcast. Aw, Steve, thank you. I guess that's true. You don't interview me though. True. We'll give you. If that. every episode of this show was you interviewing me about my comic book writing, <laughs> we, we would have I zero subscribers. I, I don't know that we would have been doing this for two years. No, no. Um, we'd have some subscribers. Some people, I'm sure, are really interested in my process. But yeah, it would be our wives about it over and over again <laughs> every week. I don't know about that. Um. But anyway, yeah, so uh, stay tuned for that. We will obviously 
announce when that's going to be uh, coming up on our social medias or where when when you will be able to listen to it. Um, we'll let you know. But yeah, super cool. Diving right in to some news. And again, we're not really doing Strike Watch anymore, but I just do want to mention that I heard on another uh, podcast that was talking about it is that the deal uh, that was made still hasn't been voted on. Still has to be voted on. The strike is is officially over, but the deal hasn't been voted on. Has to be voted on, and I guess there's some rumblings of discontent about the deal when it comes to the AI provisions, some details of the AI provisions. So hopefully gets ironed out. We don't have to go back into doing strike watch, but just saying, that's something that I heard twice this week. So just mentioning it, mm-hmm. mentioning it. Hopefully everything's fine and we keep moving forward. Because I do not want to go back to uh, Strike Watch. And I don't think most of Hollywood does either. Nope. Anyway, uh, diving into some DC stuff. Last week, we talked about some Superman legacy casting. They cast, uh, who was it last week? I'm blanking on um, the person that they cast. The I don't even remember. Oh, the engineer. from That's the, what uh, We know that she's yep. going to move on to the authority. I don't remember the actress's name. Right, and but, we were wondering, uh, like, why, of all things, that's the first thing that breaks, but, yeah. Yeah, well, you never know. We got some bigger names this week. This week, it has been announced that Skylar Gizondo uh, from Righteous Gemstones, who's also in Booksmart and a few other things, has been cast as Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Great. Love it, love it, love it. Definitively had no idea who that was when I read the name, uh, looked him up, I, I recognized the face. Like he's, I also recognize the face. Yeah, he's a he's a um, that guyish type. I, yep. I think he has a couple. I think like Rich Gemstones and a couple other places. He's had more prominent roles. But I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I know him from somewhere. Exactly. I, he's been in a bunch of stuff that I've seen. I've seen Booksmart. I've seen some of the other things he's done. I haven't watched Righteous Gemstones. Um, but when I saw his face, I was like, not only was I like, oh, I recognize him. I also thought, oh, he looks like Jimmy Olsen. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think that's really good casting. Um, and I just like, you know, you and I have talked about it on the show before. I feel like sometimes a lot of uh, superhero adaptations, and not even adaptations, sometimes comics lately have been losing track of the importance of the non-powered side characters um, that are there to support the the main character you know like not everybody has to have superpowers mary jane watson doesn't have to have superpowers she can just be a human being and be a supportive character to spider-man whatever yeah um but the uh the focus that this that superman legacy seems to have on the lois lane character and now casting a jimmy olsen character really makes me think that they're not forgetting that um very important aspect of superhero stories uh also he is no um stranger to comic book adaptations as he played Gwen Stacy's brother in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. That's right. That's right. Now he was um, like 12 at pretty the time, small role. but <laughs> and I and I don't think that was a that was much of a meaty role. Yeah, and also not a thing in the books, so yeah. 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 That much he sat around, around an awkward dinner conversation yep. with Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone and uh Dennis Leary and yep. that's probably about it. 100% so yeah that's you know what he was there though he sure was but he's not the only cast member that we got for superman legacy this week we also got victoria's secret model and actress sarah sampeo cast as eve tessmacher i don't know who that is well steve have you seen the original superman movie starring christopher reeve yes and gene hackman yes you might remember Gene Hackman yelling for Miss Tessmacher! Okay. Miss Tessmacher! I remember the, yelling uh, for something, but did not put two and two together yeah. there. She is the uh, female assistant uh, to uh, Lex Luthor in Superman and Superman 2. That was her first appearance. Uh, she then, um, of course, was adapted into the comics, where I think she was Lex's love interest for a while. She's been kind of femme fatale. Okay. Um, evil, not evil, anti-evil, you know, like kind of like a um, a gray kind of character from time to time. And um, she's going to be in Superman Legacy, which I think is cool. I think it is really cool. Now, it makes me wonder, 
um, how much of the villainous team from the original Superman, the movie we're going to get. We have, um, you know, about to bury the lead. We have found a Lex Luthor. We have found an Eve Tessmacher. Are they going to cast an Otis? We're going to get a, a recast of the Ned Beatty Otis character. I don't know. I don't know. Probably yeah, not. These things, I don't know. But it'd be cool. It'd be cool if they did, I guess. But not that we need one. Um, as I just let slip a moment ago, Lex Luthor has been cast in Superman Legacy. And Steve, this is something that you and I talked about. You and I talked about how this would be a good idea. We talked about how it would be a good idea if Nicholas Holt wasn't cast as Superman, if he was cast as Lex Luthor. And guess what? Nicholas Holt will be playing Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. Yeah. We did it, buddy. Um, we did it. We did it. We did it, Steve. <laughs> Nicholas Holt, obviously, uh, played uh, Hank McCoy Beast in um, X-Men First Class and the sequels to that film. Yep. He's also in the Hulu show The Great. He was very good in that show. Uh, Renfield. He's been in a bunch of different stuff. Mad um, Max. Even just lately. Yep, Mad Max. Exactly, yeah. Um, I th- he, was, he was definitely a that guy actor until he rose above that, I feel like, and started getting some real um, media yeah. roles. He was um, also, uh, he played uh, Tolkien in the, the eponymous movie that's right i forgot about yeah, that I that, forgot was, they even that made was that good movie. yeah yeah awesome um uh nicholas holt famously was second in the running to be cast as batman in the batman went to robert pattinson and was second in the running to be cast as superman in superman legacy <laughs> went to david corn sweat i gotta think that james gunn knew during that audition process is like now nah, this guy's gonna be my lex Luthor. right I just can't say anything about it or whatever for a while. They took a while to get the deal done or whatever. <laughs> right. They probably, they, it, it was probably one of those where it was like, oh, we're about to, we're on strike. Okay. So much yeah, for that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think this is great casting. I think that he's a really great actor. I think he can, I mean, this is, he's the only actor of these three that I can really speak to. I'm um, having seen him in multiple things. Um, uh, I, I think he's a very talented actor. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen him play a straight up villain that wasn't like a mon- like he's a bad guy in Mad Max, but he's like an insane right. psycho guy, you know. Um, and uh, he's, he's got a little of the crazy in the great. He's like kind of yeah, he's kind of yeah. evil in the great, but he's also like aloof, rich, evil. Which you need a little bit of Lex Luthor. Yeah. But he's and, also kind of dumb in the great. And Lex Luthor's got to be like a genius. And Redfield's like a completely different yeah. role. And hey, what I guess what we're saying, like we we mentioned he played J.R.R. Tolkien, he's played Beast, like he's got range. So I exactly. don't I don't doubt that he can handle this in any way, shape, or form. Like this is it's gonna be good. Yeah, I can see him being uh I can see him playing a part well where it's a character that is obsessed with his own genius, uh, obsessed with his own success, threatened by um, a being from another world of immense power, um, and uh, but also not wanting to get his hands dirty and, you know, having kind of two sides, like a public persona that he wants people to trust and also like pulling the strings of, you know, Brainiac or whoever behind the scenes. So modern um, beast. Never mind. Yeah, you haven't, sure. you haven't kept oh, yeah. up on X Men right. stories, so I know I I keep forgetting that he's a bad guy. Apparently, beast he's, is bad. There's the all sorts of X Men run weird beasting happening. Wild weird beasting yeah. happening. That's a strange phrase. I'm gonna make that a um, make that a verb now. Yeah. Uh. So yeah this this cast is um excellent. I'm very excited about this cast. I'm very excited about this reboot. Um. And I just, I just can't wait to see any ounce of anything from this movie. A set photo. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, He's also official... in uh, Nosferatu the, that's coming out. Oh, yeah. I just saw a couple yeah. like teases Relatively, from that this week. Yep. Yeah. And that looks creepy. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. I'm excited to see that for sure. So somewhere in and around all those things we've mentioned, Lex Luthor lies in the middle of all yeah. that. And yeah. If he can kind of pull it all together, we should be okay. I bet he can. Um, and if the script um, is as solid as uh, being projected, then uh, I'm sure that I'm sure it'll be a great role. I'm sure it'll be um, 
a part that he can really kind of, you know, sink his teeth into and, and run away with, hopefully. And um, can't wait. Like I was saying, can't wait. Um, something I also can't wait for, more Star Wars stuff. Um, and that's an evergreen statement for my life all the time. I always can't wait for more Star Wars stuff. It's true. So far in my life. I don't think there's ever been a part, a moment in my life when I haven't been, when they've been like teasing or talking about new Star Wars stuff that I haven't been excited about it. And I haven't gotten to a point where I've gotten word like the MCU where I'm like, oh, okay, here's another one. Right. All right. I'm always yeah, like, there's... yeah, give me more Star Wars. Here we go. Even post abysmalness of Rise of Skywalker, I was still like, ah, there's other things that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. I specifically, I, I regret doing this now, but at the time, I, you know, because Mandalorian was coming out mm-hmm. around the same time as Rise of Skywalker, and I did not start watching Mandalorian until after I had seen Rise of Skywalker. Because I didn't want one, I didn't want anything to interrupt my like yeah. flow of the saga or whatever. And two, I was like, well, if nine sucks, then I'll get to go home and watch this cool other <laughs> Star Wars show. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's ended up working out. But not watching it um, when it came out, I was completely unable to avoid the spoiler that was, hey, there's a baby Yoda in this show. Right. <laughs> like there was no way that was blew up the internet so hard there was no way that i could escape uh seeing that yeah so you weren't walking with spoiler three out of that no i would have loved to have the moment of the reveal of that at the end of the first episode yeah. and been like what and i'm like thinking about how excited i would have been makes me regret that decision however it did give me some padding and some comfort to land on after nine did what it did and was what it was Again, I don't hate that movie. I don't hate any Star Wars movie. I just like them all in different levels. I yeah. Steve Steve hates it. <laughs> no, I I don't. It's Let me yeah, let me rephrase that. I do. However, <laughs> like there's plenty of pieces there that I enjoyed. Yeah. The whole thing is a yeah. giant shit mess. But there were pieces. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there are pieces. I agree. Speaking of Star Wars, mm-hmm. let's dive in to a galaxy far, far away. Dave Filoni. I've heard of him. Has been. Yeah, you should have if you like Star Wars. Um, I guess get his uh, credits out of the way. Dave Filoni, hired by George Lucas to work on the Clone Wars animated movie and series. I think he worked on the movie anyway. Yeah. I know he worked on the series. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely did because that was the first time we saw Ahsoka. Uh, he created the character of Ahsoka Tano. Uh, created many characters. Any original character to the Clone Wars movie or show was co-created, created or co-created by Dave Filoni. He also was co-creator, co-writer of Boba Fett, um, the Obi Wan show, I believe. No, he didn't write the Obi Wan show, did he? I don't think so. Uh, um, no, but he uh, wrote and directed many episodes of the Ahsoka series. Yep, that we Tales all just of the saw Jedi. And loved. Tales of the Jedi, yeah, Rebels, Resistance, Star Wars Rebels. Rebels, Resistance. So he's been around. If it's hired been by animated, the man Lucas himself, yeah. If yes. it's been animated, he's been there for sure since 2008 or whatever. Yep. Um, Dave Filoni has been promoted to Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilm, which is uh, the same title that Kevin Feige holds at Marvel. Correct. Yes, a grand overseer. Of all the um, moving pieces, uh, this came out in a Vanity Fair article. The article uh, referred to this move as a universe-shaking change, which I feel is a little dramatic. I feel like Dave Filoni has been involved in a lot of different projects at Lucasfilm for a long time. Calling it a universe-shaking change to just make him creative officer, I think, is this is a little overblown um, uh, hyperbole, I guess I should say. Um, so, what does this mean? According to this article, according to Dave Filoni, it doesn't mean that he's leading or writing every single project, but he will be brought in in the early stages of development on each project so he can have that little bit of touch or kind of like overseeing what's going on. Uh, You know, he's not going to be writing season two of Andor. Uh, He's not going to be, you know, rewriting whatever skeleton crew or whatever else we haven't seen yet. You know, there's going to be projects that he's more involved in. Uh, more directly involved in. Um, 
but you know, he's going to be working directly with Kathleen Kennedy um, and kind of like shepherding projects early on. In his words, uh, he said in this article, he said, in the past, in a lot of projects I would be brought into, I would see it after it had already developed a good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. When we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. I'm not telling people what to do, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like part of a Jedi Council almost. Hmm. Um, I think that's a good thing to have. Oh, 100%. Especially, you know, uh, we saw DC suffer from not having a, you know, chief creative officer. We see Marvel flourish from having a chief creative officer. So flourish so much so that that chief creative officer is overloaded yeah. <laughs> and in need of uh, some respite or some help. Um, well, it's but you know, Star Wars the the output of Star Wars content, uh, movies and shows has been more than DC, but less than Marvel. Still, definitely, I think needs an overseer. Oh yeah, I um, mean that's that's what. The, this chief creative officer and and or grand overseer or whatever you want to call them yeah. is effectively what George Lucas was in the first trilogy. Sure. Yeah. Like he didn't direct things. He didn't like after the original, like right. for two and three, he was overseeing it and giving it story beats and whatnot, but it wasn't right. the his hands weren't in the sauce. Like Exactly. But he was able to kind of guide it and say, okay, well, this fits and this doesn't fit, et cetera. Um, yeah. And, and it worked really well. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we're, <laughs> we're still talking about Star Wars a right. million years later. Yeah. but So it definitely worked. Yeah, to do that seems to make way too much sense and why they haven't gone that direction in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Like, it, without something like that, you get what we got with the prequels, where there's no no direction there's no or not prequel sequels um, i was gonna say yeah, yeah yeah i thought you were making a different point right about like just having one person in charge of everything and you said recently right. like someone that's not like no one's saying no to george lucas when he's making those prequels mm-hmm. um which led to some bumps in the road much too yeah much that's all i'll say <laughs> bumps in the road that is the most polite mike will ever put any words <laughs> about the prequels yep. um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's the mess you get with the sequels where there's no overarching story. There's just, yeah. oh, well, they they probably weren't using it, but it felt like they were using the Marvel method with it of like, uh, we'll yeah. just figure this I thing mean, out as it goes. Uh, to use Rise of Skywalker as an example. Yeah. it's all. Why is it always the best example? <laughs> um, or the worst? I think it's the best example because it had so much like promise and like you said, so there's a lot of good things that are or cool, oh, yeah. fun things that happen in that movie, but it's just like maybe it's too much or maybe they're doing them for the wrong reasons or they're not earning the beats that they're claiming. And, you know, there's it's just it's a mess. It's not that it's like the prequels, in my opinion, I'm sorry, it's my opinion. The prequels are bad movies. They're not well made. They're bad well movies written. with a good story. Exactly. They're not. But they're not well written. They're not well uh, shot. Right. Like they're, it's, they're as it's well acted welcome. as they could be with as what they, they were given. Be. They're not well directed yeah. films. Um, Rise of Skywalker is just a mess. Um, just a total mess. So it like Rise of Skywalker is bad in a different way. Right. And the prequels are bad. Rise of Skywalker is a movie that I feel that could have been improved greatly by having a chief creative officer. Um, well, and that's I but all. But also, I don't know that a chief creative officer could have saved Rise of Skywalker because, from everything that we know of Rise of Skywalker, it's that it's it was Disney and Lucasfilm that weren't changing the release date that were you know giving J.J. Abrams is... this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, and forcing it, forcing a movie to be made in like a, a year. Right, but with um, a chief creative officer, what you have is a executive level. Like corporate structure wise, you've got a a band A person like that's able to talk back and say, no, listen, this is what we need to do to to make things work so that you can get your returns later. Yes. Yeah. To be able to translate, you know, the 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 people person like the the bobs in uh, in office space or the what's his face that was talking to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I know but what like, you mean. Yeah. The guy that um, talks from the engineers to the the yeah. business people. <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta right. gotta figure it out. Yeah. Um a specific example that I immediately thought of when I read this news, again from Rise of Skywalker, a lot of longtime Star Wars fans and fans of the Clone Wars TV show. Very bothered by the joke in Rise of Skywalker where the stormtroopers start flying with jetpacks and you know they fly now, they fly now, they fly now. That joke, when we've stormtroopers have been flying since the Clone Wars, <laughs> they've been flying for the last 50 years. <laughs> um, or clone troopers, you know, not necessarily stormtroopers, but like this technology has been around. Jetpacks yeah. have existed in Star Wars for a lot longer and have been worn by troopers. So um, that joke, while sure, it works in a lighthearted, fun adventure. It works for people that have never seen the Clone Wars, but for mm -hmm. like real Star Wars fans that expect this to happen in some kind of that expect a, uh, that expect a respect to canon. Yep. Um, that joke doesn't really work. And it points out to those people, it points out a lack of understanding of the universe that you're playing in. Um, I think somebody like Dave Filoni as chief creative officer would have taken a look at that joke in Rise of Skywalker and said, this joke doesn't work because these troopers have been flying for since the Clone Wars. So we need to take we need to come up with a different joke here. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I think he's that he's kind of talking about like he he's not saying he's not going to tell people what movie to make or what story to tell but he's going to help them tell their story and that's kind of one of those ways you know just kind of like course correct things that are just kind of outside of canon basically yeah so um i'm all for this i know there's people that don't love uh dave floney and don't love the stuff that he's done or are annoyed that so much of the live action stuff is now starting to become dependent on whether or not you've seen the animated stuff. I don't feel that way because I think the anime I've seen the animated stuff and it's good. Like I, I guess if, if you're someone that just doesn't like animation, I'm sorry, <laughs> but right. I'm sorry. It's good though. That's not on Luke. It's not Lucasfilm's fault and it's not Dave Filoni's fault that you don't like animation. You should try watching these shows. If you don't no, want to, I, that's fine, but just know that you're going to miss out on a couple references here or there. Yeah. I feel like after Ahsoka and if we get some more some more things in universe that are in the Filoniverse that aren't animated, some of those I guess issues will go away in the sense that yeah, people will be able to have their it's not like all right, there's this one series that I had like I don't understand it because of this. When the Thrawn movie or the next season of whatever comes out, people will be fine because it's like, okay, yeah. well, I remember the things from this, so it's fine, whatever. Right. Like, I it's. I think it's more of a recency bias on the the fact yeah. that people are bitching about that. Yeah. And also, saw... if you don't like the Filoni stuff, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, that's fine, but. Like just go watch the non-flowny stuff. Right, that stuff there. That's there too. Right. Um, there's there's a reason, and that's I guess that's the other thing. I've been saying for years that this universe is big enough to do all sorts of random shit. Like, yeah, I've been calling for the Rogue Squadron. Like, I was completely like torn when the um uh, the Rogue Squadron movie got canned. But yeah. the like do fighter pilot stuff do a series on stormtroopers do like yeah do stuff outside the box and like andor andor is a perfect example yeah andor like andor is made for adults it is adult star wars right star wars will not survive if there is not kids star wars true so that's a great point that's a great what point. Are, what, like we have to keep moving that forward yes and i dave flown i think is a great um, person to keep that in mind and he's done that with every one of his animated shows where yeah. the first season has been relatively kid oriented and kid friendly yep as the series progresses the shows grow up with the kids watching it yes and it's been like see by the time you're at season seven of clone wars it's straight up like dark star wars it's star, star wars. wars and yeah. the bad batch picks up from where that left off and goes oh yeah so Big time yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw a uh a meme kind of going around on threads 
in regards to this. Um, and I was the caption was a picture, and, and the caption was uh, when one of Dave Filoni's characters shows up in Andor season two, and the picture was a line of like tough looking military guys, but in the middle was just one guy dressed like a clown. And I thought that was funny. Like yeah. I got that, you know, um, taking a sh- but taking a shot at the animation stuff. But then I saw a lot of other people uh, reposting that, saying, uh, "I got some bad news for you, buddy," with a picture of Saw Gerrera, <laughs> who yeah. was already in Andor season one yeah. and is a Dave Filoni. And was created character. by Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, dude, that arc, that Andoran arc, was so good. Yeah, I know. Now I need to go back and watch the Clone Wars. I finished my Rebels uh, rewatch, so I just started season four with nice. my son. So slow going, but real good. And I was looking ahead to see like what episodes are in season four. I was like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Now, are okay. you just doing a release yeah. order with him? Oh yes, okay. yeah. I know they jump back, they jump around, but I don't have the patience to <laughs> search them out and search around yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, we're just gonna watch them. Yeah, I um, thought about it, and my brain was like, I'm just they, there's because he'll want to watch some without me. Yeah. There's no point in me like trying to say, all right, let's do this in a way that makes sense. Let's just do it how it was released. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, last quote from uh, the Dave Filoni uh, Future oh, Star we're Wars still article. On <laughs> we're still on Filoni. He, uh, he just said one interesting thing about um, his future plans for Star Wars and the projects that he's involved with. This article talks about the chance of getting an Ahsoka Season 2 um it also mentions like the movie that he's been tasked to direct or announced as directing um and he said this about future stuff he said i'm setting up what seems to be a larger conflict with the imperial remnant that conflict can't just mirror what we've seen before it has to take on a different shape it can't just be the empire versus what looks like the rebellion or even the republic it has to be visually different and this is a quote that i love Uh i love We've said before, as uh, as relevant as you know, fascist governments needing to be taken down by a plucky group of rebels always is. Like that story always works. It's it's the it's the Star Wars equivalent of Captain America punching Nazis. It's always gonna be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um. And this is this this isn't not that. It's just the remnants of this fascist regime that still need to be, um, you know, remnant Nazis that need to be punched out. Right. Um, the fact that he's he's knowledgeable about how it has to look different and be visually different, I think, is smart and yeah. a really good sign that we're um, in good hands for whatever ends up. Whatever that story, whatever shape that story ends up taking place. Um, I'm excited about it. So another story that I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. It's the new Jedi Order movie that was announced at Star Wars Celebration past spring, starring one Daisy Ridley, the turn of Rey. Um, she gave an interview with Collider this week in regards to that film and um, her appearance at Star Wars Celebration, her surprise appearance. She said, it was such a nice reception. I was shitting myself before I went on stage because nobody knew that I was going to that. No one knew I was going to Celebration, bar like Kathleen Kennedy. So I was nervous. Oh my God, it was such a wonderful reception. I'm very excited. The story is really cool. I'm waiting to read a script because obviously I don't have any other updates. It's not what I expected, but I'm very excited. She went on to say, I know the storyline for one film. That's not to say that that's all there is, but that's what I was told about. And I imagine it will be the next film, I think. I mean, again, I don't know post strikes and everything, how quickly everything will start up again. But yes, so far, I know the story of one film, and I think people will be very excited. So, I mean, that's about as vague as you can get. Right. And it, it's not like she's going to say anything other than that. Right. It's <laughs> it's coach speak, but it's coach speak that makes me excited. Yeah. Yeah. Because I honestly don't think she would have come back if she didn't believe in the story. You know? Right. Um, well, and does that... Because when, when did we talk about her going to Lucasfilm Ranch or to Skywalker Ranch? There was I mean, a whole, it was a while ago, but there was like. lunch with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. It was like a few months before Celebration. So right. like so, they were cooking on this for a while. Yeah. So this, sure. this may have like all happened around that time. And again, yeah. now with the strikes, we're finally 
we're finally getting a lot of this stuff that we probably would have gotten about six months ago. That we should have gotten six months yeah. ago. Yeah. That would have been very timely yeah. coming relatively out of, you know, six months from November, we're in May compared to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because when, when do the strikes start? June? June? I think so. Like, I want to say June as well. So that's not far. Like, so we July. got three. July 14th. July. Okay. And celebration was what in April, May? Yeah, I want to say May, April. Uh, April. So oh, the WGA strike started in May. That's what we're thinking of. SAG okay. didn't join okay. until. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, okay, so celebration is in April, and the writer strike started in May. In April, they announced three Star Wars movies: the the Dawn of the Jedi, Dawn of the Force, or Dawn of the Jedi film. Yep. Um that uh james mangold is writing the dave filoni mandoverse film mm-hmm. and uh this one yep. uh charmin obeyed chinois directorial um star wars film starring daisy ridley new jedi order but then a month later everyone working on those movies had to stop working on them right and couldn't start until a month ago let's or take whatever. this when that, when that strike was over yeah exactly so and you know, we know some work had been done on this movie because we know that um, what's his face from um, Lost and uh, Watchmen. Oh yeah, um, Lindelof, David, that's Damon it. Lindelof, yep. um, and he had a, a Justin Red Gibson. They turned in a script and then promptly left the project, right. <laughs> or were asked to leave the project. Promptly unturned it and said script and <laughs> yeah. But I mean, who knows? if they're going to keep that story, there might be elements from that script that they do keep. So like there's some work that was being done on that already. Who knows how long James Mangold had been working on his movie. Cause he's also was announced to write swamp thing. So like who knows, but he, any regardless, they all had to stop writing a month after this announcement was made. So I would say we're pretty far out from probably hearing anything about any of these movies because they were either at or back to square one right before they were announced. And then they had to stop working on them for mm. six to eight months or however long that strike was. So we'll see. I'm still excited about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, like just the more time away only is going to be more exciting when it actually finally is announced. And we're getting some tied you over, uh, you know, series show content which is fine but i am getting i almost i'm getting tired of the series i'm not getting tired of the series especially because like they're good like ahsoka is great you know so i'm not tired of that and or season two i'm gonna be out of my mind excited about when we start i'm really excited about the acolyte and yes and the acolyte for yeah there's like exciting things happening but in my sure well, Skeleton, I feel like we don't know enough about Skeleton Crew to be excited. I'm I think excited that's why for, I'm like met on it. It's yeah. like, I just don't know what it is. I haven't seen anything. Show right. me a trailer. I can't wait to be excited about it, but we, you got you to gotta make me excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing um, we've seen is a logo and a picture of Jude Law with like. Yeah. A vague yeah. description. Yeah. Little kids exploring. Not little kids, but like, you right. know, teenage kids. Exploring Toddlers the exploring the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> baby jedi adventures um but anyway that all all that is great but in my heart star wars is a film franchise yes and belongs on the big screen so there's no more exciting moment in a movie theater than the few seconds between the blue yes long time ago in a galaxy (laughs) far far away and the burst of the Star Wars theme and the word Star Wars shooting backwards into the stars. Like there's no more exciting moment in a movie theater for me. Yeah. Than just, that, just like that John Williams fanfare. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's the best. Like it's I'm hearing best. it just going through my head right now, but yeah. Yeah. I, and like, I've heard it a thousand oh, times. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I didn't, I don't know if I realized it as much until the return of the Jedi 40th anniversary screening this year yeah where i was sitting there and i was like oh yeah this is still great every single time yeah still great yeah um i got emotional when that happened oh yeah when i when i saw force awakens yep 
because it had been like so oh, long yeah. since a new yep. Star Wars movie, and I, the hype was like so insane. And mm-hmm. like, da da, I was just like, oh god, oh my god, I'm watching a new Star Wars movie. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I just was insane. I can't wait. Yep, can't wait for that to happen again. Absolutely. But it'll be a while, as we just talked about, because they still there's no scripts. There's no scripts. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, speaking of not having a script, um, we keep hearing that this movie's dead, but then we. I feel like the the next two uh, next two uh, stories are smaller stories, and they're both things that we once thought were dead and may not be dead, but may be taking a very long time. Maybe we'll never see them. Maybe we will. One of them is the Taika Waititi Star Wars film. He was on the Kelly Clarkson show this week, and was asked about it, and he said, I've been developing it for a few years, but I think with any film, but that one in particular, it's something I'd really like to get right, so I don't want to rush it. It's going to bubble along on the side. I want to capture the joy and the entertainment of those early ones, like The Empire Strikes Back and Return of, Jedi, Return of the Jedi and all those ones. So I'm trying to figure that out. It will happen. So I appreciate this quote as someone he's, you know, he it, he's not just taking a paycheck and turning in the first thing that he thinks of. Which you you could argue seemed like what he did with Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> um but also, you know, clearly he was under time constraints that he's not under with Lucasfilm like he was under Thor Love and Thunder with Marvel. So, um, you know, as up and down as I've been on Taika Waititi's stuff, I like a lot. Most of what he's done that I've seen, I've liked quite a bit. Some things recently I've been a little more soured on. However, I do think he's a talented writer. I think he's got a great sense of humor. I think he's a really good director when he's uh, really plugged into the material that he's working with. So for him to say that he wants to get it right and he doesn't want to rush it, sure, yeah, I'm all I'm all in on that. And because he's said in the past, and we're talking years ago now that he said this, that it's a standalone thing, it's a big galaxy, so he wants to get out away from other stories that are already being told, means that he can take his time on this because it's not going to affect whatever bigger storytelling that they're working on. So, yeah, take your time, yeah. Taika. 100%. Take your time, man. Take two more years. I don't care. Because, like I said, we're getting this other stuff. We're getting other Star Wars things. So take your time. Make it good. Just yeah. make a good thing. Yeah, there's Something no along. reason to rush things along. And Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. Um, so this is a small story. And it's like a glimmer of hope. This is a glimmer of hope. Uh, we talked about just, was it last week or two weeks ago? We talked about how the Knights of the Old remake uh, is reportedly not happening. But now, uh, Bloomberg reporter Jason Shear has posted on Twitter that he has heard from at least two sources, employees inside Saber Interactive, that the game is still being worked on. Now, this is a remake of the Knights of the Old Republic uh, game for Xbox. Um, one of many people's favorite Star Wars game, or one of the, uh, certainly uh, a favorite Star Wars story. Uh, so I have never played that game. I don't know anything about it. I know there's a big twist in it, and I'm glad that I don't know what that twist is. And I hope that this game does get made so I can experience that in somewhat of a similar fashion to how all you people did when you played the game uh, in the first place. So, uh, however, in the same tweet, he did mention that he doesn't necessarily know and can't speak to whether or not the game will actually be released or what kind of game will end up being. but it is currently being worked on um, according to two sources inside Saber Interactive games. So big shoulder shrug for me. Who knows? Who knows? I don't. Nope. But if it comes out, I'll play it. Yep. That's all I'll say. I'm currently replaying uh, Super Mario RPG, which was a Super oh. NES game back in the day. Oh, fun. They just re-released <laughs> it on the Switch. So. Oh, dope. Yeah, it's all upscaled and looks cool. And uh, weirdly, my son now wants to watch me play it. Like, oh yeah, no, weird. my son wants wants to watch me play video games all the time. Yeah, so yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have a comic to review this week? I do. Do you? I also do. I weird. sure do, Steve. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. Uh, Many thanks you, to you Jesse. You go first because I was. Yeah, shout out to Jesse Funkytown Comics hooking up with these hooking us up with these reviews. Uh, I went first last week because you didn't have one to review. So would That's you like true. to go first this week? Sure, I can. Um, the uh, This week we opted for 
Marvel's superheroes Secret oh. Wars Battle World number one. Wow. Uh, which, All as right. you can see by the cover, is an homage back to the original Secret Wars cover and yeah. uh, things happening. Uh, you see Spidey in the black suit. You see the Human Torch. You see all sorts of human or, uh, heroes and villains on the bottom going at it. Uh, this thing was a book. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was written by Tom DeFalco, art by uh, Pat Olaf, John Calise, uh, Joe Caramanga, Giuseppe Caminicoli, and Paul Mounts. Um, and yeah, uh, it's I believe was out this week. So as you can imagine, it is a desired throwback to Secret Wars. Um, very scattered all over the place. You see, you know, Spidey. I'm failing at uh, showing you anything, but you see Spidey <laughs> jumping around from Ice Planet to oh wow, uh, whatever's going on here, and Yow. you know, there's there's a multitude of everything Wild. happening. Uh, it goes all over the place. There's not really a plot at all. Uh, Johnny Storm shows <laughs> up, um, you know. Johnny Storm shows up arbitrarily because why not? Uh, Hobgoblin shows up like there's there's just a whole lot of weird there's no connective tissue what is this book is it a prelude to something is it the beginning of a new series i think it's a new mini that is coming out uh that is supposed to i don't know if it's a prelude or a uh like some sort of connection to the original but Hmm. it doesn't really do it i don't it might be one where it needs another issue but yeah right now it's kind of um i i like spidey and i like the human torch so i will continue reading that issue and that is what kept me going yeah so the beyonder is apparently doing some sort of test on spidey and that's where we're at i don't know all right so it seems like a a weird book seems like a little messy yeah yeah, there was a lot yeah. going on, and not a lot of it had connective tissue to tie it all together. So, hmm. all right, well, that's too bad. Um, I was given a book that came out last week, issue number one of Batman oh, Off World nice. by Jason Aaron, his first book for DC, famed, legendary, dare I say, legendary Marvel writer at this point, Jason Aaron. You could say. That. Uh, Written by him, pencils by uh, Doug Mankey, inks by Jamie Mendoza, colors by David Barron, edited by Ben Abernathy. No credit for letterer. Hmm, weird. Like, is that what? Yeah. That's Nobody wrote weird. the letters. It's fine. Yeah. Did they just magically appear? Hmm? Um, this is a book that I did not intend on picking up, despite it being Jason Aaron, because I'm a street level Batman guy. Yep. I'm a... I like uh, just stopping bank robbers and punching people in the face on the streets of Gotham City. This is uh, this takes place early in Batman's career, his first time leaving the planet, and he's doing it by himself, not with the Justice League or anything like that. Um, I like this book a lot. I thought it was great, and I don't know if it's just that I am, uh, you know, I spoke recently about how I. Uh, stopped pulling the main Batman line yep. just because I found I started getting a little sick of what they were doing and I got a little uh, bored by it and it just didn't, wasn't interesting to me anymore. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue reading this because again, I'm not in love with Batman in space still, but this felt new and fresh and exciting um, because it really felt like Batman. You know, like it nice. didn't feel like they were enhancing him in any way or giving him knowledge or skills that he shouldn't have just because he's fighting super powerful aliens. Like he's still just like human Bruce Wayne as Batman. He doesn't have any more like, like, Oh, good thing. I brought my anti alien gun or, you know, like weird comic book stuff like that. Like he's just got the same utility belt that he has on earth. Um, but somehow he's in uh, a different galaxy and, uh, they don't really, tell you everything they tell you some stuff um bruce wayne bought a super experimental high-powered rocket to fly to this galaxy for some reason that you don't know yet 
it's insinuated that he's doing it out of love for somebody, but they haven't clarified that or named who that could possibly be. Um, he gets abducted. Uh, he gets his ship is um, out of commission somewhere, and he is found by uh, this group of aliens that was just going from ship to ship, planet to planet, and finding uh, slaves to recruit uh, for their masters. Um, and it's really cool. It's him trying to survive. It's him trying to fight aliens. And I got to say, it's really cool to see a Batman book with this much color in it. Yeah. Because uh, normally Batman books are a lot of gray and dark and rain and gloom and doom. Right. Um, he's even wearing a blue and gray suit in this, which I like quite a bit. Haven't seen him in a blue and gray in a long time. I feel like it's been mostly, um, you know, black. Uh, but just like, you know, sprawling, bright base with pinks and looks more like fire flashes thor. and things looks yeah like it looks a, like a thor book or it looks like uh guardians or yeah. yeah or it's got the colors of that like batman mad city um, oh yeah book you know like but even that's like a weird monstery lovecraftian uh tale you know Which um, I, i'm still waiting with bated breath on the second of that. yeah that, that was, that was, was a really good book that was really good um so yeah i i like this book a lot and uh, so much so that I honestly, I might pick up the second one um, because, yeah, like I say, I just feel like a lot of times when Batman leaves the planet, he stops feeling like Batman. They feel like they have to increase his skill level or something in some kind of way that justifies him being there. Well, this just feels like this is the same Batman that is swinging from rooftop to rooftop on Gotham City. Um, and yeah, the writing's really good. Um uh, also, like you can tell that he's got a plan. They're hinting at stuff. They're foreshadowing. They're doing flashbacks to start telling the story of why he's here. Um, he meets a uh, a Tamaranian who's another prisoner. Uh, he has not mentioned anything about knowing Starfire or anything yet. So I don't know if that'll go anywhere or if she's going to be connected to Starfire in any way. Who knows? Uh, Batman Off World by Jason Aaron and Doug Mankey. Number one came out last week. I'm not sure when number two is coming out. Probably my guess would be another week or two, early December. Um, but yeah, check it out. I recommend this one for sure. For Batman fans of all kinds. Yeah. There and you. this week in your local comic book store, you can find 007 for King and Country, number six. Action Comics, number 1059. Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, number two. Amazon's Attack, number two. Basic Instinct. Number one, like the movie, I I can only assume that it's like the movie because that's a pretty specific title to have if it's not like the movie. But, you know, out of out of movies that would make good comic book adaptations, I would have not expected Basic Instinct to happen. But here we are. You looking it up? I am. An anonymous artist like... who draws their inspiration from famous murderers has opened their newest exhibit surrounding the now infamous, infamous ice pick murder centered around hmm. Catherine Trammell. However, a security guard of the exhibit is murdered on its opening night. The art director responsible for the opening is thrust into an investigation that forces him to question his own involvement. Huh. All right. Hmm. Sounds like similar stuff. So, I guess so. I mean, I mean, crime comics exist. It's not like they're all superhero <laughs> capes and tights, you know? So, like, uh, cool. I mean, clearly it's a good enough idea that it got greenlit, <laughs> made it to uh, print. So, um, I hope it's good. I wonder if uh, Sharon Stone or Michael Douglas are involved in any way. I was going to say, not. the 1 in 50 is like an homage to that Sharon Stone leaning back in the chair pose thing, so... The scene everybody knows. Yeah. The, the the scene when you think basic instinct of like, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. When you think of basic instinct, you think Garen Stone. Yeah. Um, never actually seen that movie. Same. I feel like I know a lot about it for having never seen it. Same. But yeah. <laughs> Should sit down and watch it someday. Um, but not today. Uh, Batman 89 Echoes, number one. A book pick up because I really enjoyed the first run of Batman 89. Batman the Brave and the Bold, number seven. Captain America, number three. Conan the Barbarian, number five. Darkwing Duck, number 10. Detective Comics, number 1078. Flash, number three. Green Arrow, number six. Harley Quinn, number 34. Howard the Duck, number one. Kong the Great War, number four. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 12. Ms. Marvel, the New Mutant, number four. Penguin, number four. Power Girl, number three. 
Predator versus Wolverine, number three. Savage Red Sony, number two. Something is Killing the Children, number 35? They're up to 35 already? There's I don't think. I think I, I fell off longer ago than I thought, I think. Same. And I think it's now confirming that I am no longer <laughs> pulling something as Killing the Children Same. or collecting that book. Well, weirdly, uh, I stopped pulling it when I switched my pull over to Funky Town because of the well, weirdness yeah. with... Uh, with Boom, yeah. Yep. So, yep. And I was making the drive out to the other place to pick it up for a while. Yep. And clearly, I think it's part of my... I think I did that for about two weeks. Then I was like, nah, I can't add to this. It's too much. And it's my it feeds into my desire to be buying less uh, floppies. Yep. So, sorry, something is killing the children. I loved you for a very long time. And I'll maybe I'll probably read the trade because I want to know what happens. Yeah. But, you know, done with the individual issues. Uh, real quick, Spider-Woman number one, Titans Beast World number one, Vampirella Dead Flowers number three, X-Men Blue Origins number one. Uh, Steve, what are you reading? What are you pulling? Any pulling any of these? Any um, I'm sure I'll end up with... Uh... X-Men Blue? Well, yes. Uh, so yeah. that one, I don't know if you know, you know the premise of that? I do not. Uh, so that whole... <laughs> shebang is um ties into the uncanny nightcrawler or the uncanny spider okay Uh, yeah so this is officially the the true new retcon of nightcrawler's origin with mystique and the whole nine Um, wow okay so yeah oh hence the blue title origin x-men blue origins yeah so It's exactly what the title says, even though you wouldn't have thought that if I didn't tell you that. So yeah, because I I see X Men Blue and I think it's just the Blue, blue yeah. X Men team from the nineties. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's literally the Blue X Men. Yeah. <laughs> right. The ones with blue skin. Right. <laughs> blue fur. So um, um, cool. Yeah. Anything you were gonna say that you're pulling something else, or you might end up with something else? Oh, I the I think Ms. Marvel is technically part of Fall of X, which is still being. Oh, yeah. because uh, there's one month more on it so it's like all right whatever right yeah i'll throw the 30 extra bucks at jesse and say i i've i've officially finished it yeah <laughs> i did it yeah um cool yeah i don't know if there's anything i'm gonna be pulling like i said i'll probably pick up that batman 89 echoes number one um um but no, I'm I'm still waiting. Like I really I really like that first issue of Penguin, the Tom King Penguin book. But I think I'm gonna wait for a trade um, to get that for sure. So because I do want to see what happened in that story because first issue was great, yeah. great first issue. I also feel like I do have a lot of trades right now that I've been buying over the last year that I just haven't read at all that I would really like to. Um, I feel like once. Uh, Oh, I don't you know, know what? Like, I grabbed a ton at that garage sale of like classic X Men that I really want to get into. Yeah, do it. those there was the ones. You, did you you grabbed those ones for me? The one I got through the, five uncanny. Yeah, and then I also went back and got the one through five of Wolverine and the X Men, which was a great series. There you go. Yep. Nope. I yeah. Lots of read. Sorry, Jesse. I got to trim the pull list too. Mike's convinced me. <laughs> hey, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Don't come for me, Jesse. It's not my fault. Um, uh, yeah, like you know, just I want to read Wonder Woman Historia that I bought today. I want to read. I want to finish reading Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow that I bought and I haven't read yet. I just, there's so much mm-hmm. um, that I have. Uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight. I have two volumes of uh, Bitch Planet. Like I start just started finally reading volume two of Gail Simone's Red Sonia, that I think is so good. Right. And I've had it for like a year, and I have never read it. So like, um, hopefully I can find some after this uh show that I'm playing uh Friday, which I'm putting a lot of energy into. Hopefully I can find some some downtime, some quieter time during uh the holiday season, which is almost impossible i'm saying it out loud realizing you're not gonna find find downtime during the holidays are you crazy that never happens for me um but uh who knows hopefully i'll uh find some nice uh some relaxing time to sit down with a book and uh 
finally get through some of these stories that I'm dying to read. That'd be nice. But yeah, I'm not holding my be. breath. Neither am I. Neither am I. Um, did we do it? Is that all we got this week? Uh, I think so. We didn't have any one shots type things, did we? No one shots. No one. I mean, I think there was a thing where the the writer director of uh, Constantine says that they're still working on developing Constantine two, but it wasn't much like of the a... Keanu Constantine. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that still is alive, poss- possibly alive within um, as an Elseworlds uh, project within the James Gunn universe but i'm sure, sure it still has to get approved and greenlit and all that stuff so sure we'll why that happens i did just start watching john wick chapter four the other night i couldn't finish it so i have to finish it uh sometime soon tonight or tomorrow that's but at least good that's at least a john wick more than i've ever watched oh that's right yeah you've never seen the john wick movies they're no. worth watching if you like insane action scenes yeah i heard of nothing else it's worth it for that oh yeah i think the first the first two I thought were like legitimately great, and then third was fun, and then this one seems like fun but not quite as good so far. Like the action is still really good, but like story wise, it starts like the simpler it is, the better. The first one was a very simple story, and that's what made it work so well. Right. And each subsequent one, you start like world building a little, and it's seemingly getting a little too big for itself in my opinion Um, Uh, not that i'm still not enjoying them i'm still enjoying them quite a bit but right you know now there's like lore and stuff that (laughs) we're getting into and i'm like i don't know pay attention to all this crap yeah i just need counteries you know messing people up left and right and he does he does deliver on that for sure he's yeah i've heard but will he ever yeah will he ever deliver as constantine who knows Neo probably does. Yeah, the one. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's all I got. Unless you got anything else, Steve? No, nothing. Uh, nothing crazy Wrap here. Bang up. Yeah, I'd say we uh, we call it a show. And uh, if you are still hanging in there, listening to us or watching us, you should uh, probably like, subscribe, so you can listen to us and watch us more. Um, check us out on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, leave a review. Five stars would be appreciated. Uh, on YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe. Uh, you can get notifications for when we go live. Uh, leave some comments in the chat. Do whatever you're doing, and uh, we'll be coming back into your ear holes in a week. Yeah, actually, or no, less, than that. less than that. I was going to say, yeah, make sure you subscribe to us on um, Podcatchers and follow us on social media so you can hear when uh, we're going to be posting our interview with Simon Burke. Um, which oh, is yeah. happening this week. I'm also, check us out on socials at The Multiverse Report for The whatever. Multiverse Report, please. Mostly active on uh, Instagram, somewhat on Facebook, um, Getting trying to get the ball rolling on threads as well. Threads seems to be popping lately, so yeah. trying to post on there more. So We have a blue sky. Please follow we us. We monitor it. We don't really post on it, mostly because I suck at social media. Yeah, yeah, we got a blue sky, but doesn't seem like a whole lot's going on over there. Who knows? Who knows? We don't. You don't. But if that's all we got, I'll say thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you in the multiverse.